In the name of the true and living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, we're celebrating the meeting of Christ and the righteous Simeon and Anna in the temple. And we're coming to the end of a series of feasts that have taken us through the first half of the dark and cold nights of winter. I'm sorry to say it's only the first half. A series of feasts that have shown us different aspects of God's outreach to us, God's desire to be in close proximity to us. The word becoming flesh in a manger. Remember that story? Christmas. It was a feeding trough, but we say away in a manger, so let's stick with it. The word becoming flesh in a manger. A star leading wise men from the east. And the manifestation of God through the passage of baptismal waters. Now, following the Mosaic law, 40 days after his birth, Christ, the firstborn son, is brought to the temple so that he might complete the law. And so that the law might be completed by him. In our reading of Matthew's gospel, we've heard that Jesus came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. So here he is coming to complete the law. The temple was an enormous building with great courtyards, always packed with people. And imagine Mary making her way through the noise and the hustle of the crowds, holding her precious child close to her with Joseph by her side. And as they go into the temple, something extraordinary happened. There was a very old man old and holy, named Simeon. He spent his days praying to God in the temple, and during those prayers, God had spoken to him, which is what happens in prayer, our prayers too. If we enter into the silence of our hearts, God speaks to us too. And God promises Simeon that before he died, he would actually see the long-awaited Messiah, the light of the world, the one whom the whole Jewish nation had long awaited. And now, in this encounter, the old passes, and the new has come. I think that's why we get the textual clues that Simeon and Anna were old. The old is passing, and the new has come. Israel's glory has now dawned. Israel's glory in Christ, who is the light of revelation to the Gentiles, which is to say Israel has accomplished what it set out to do, to bring the Messiah into the world, so that Israel might be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. And here he is. Simeon can depart in peace. The promises made to Abraham at the beginning are fulfilled. All the nations of the world are now brought near to God. All this Simeon sees and more. He foresees the pain that will wound the one who gave birth to the Son of God. He foresees that the child will be a sign spoken against, but a sign that therefore reveals the thoughts of our hearts. Today, then, standing in the temple with Simeon, we come to the completion of the movement of God towards us. 
so that we also can say, let us depart in peace. For the glory of God is revealed, enlightening those who sit in darkness. But if the movement of God towards us is completed in this way, our movement now begins. And if this movement of God towards us is indeed light coming into the world, enlightening those who sit in darkness, then there are a few things we should note. First, it means that we have to recognize that we are the ones who have been sitting in darkness until now. It's only now, in the light of Christ, that we can begin to realize how dark indeed has been our supposedly enlightened world and our all-too-human behavior, however decent it may seem. As the divine light from above shines in our hearts and illumines our minds, we can now see the ways that we normalize a world cut off from truth, a world cut off from God, God's goodness and beauty. And we treat this as normal and respectable. The second point is that as we begin to allow his light to shine upon us and in us, I think we'll begin to understand what it means that he is a sign spoken against revealing the thoughts of our hearts. Because as we try to live by this sign, as we get moving after God has already moved towards us, we'll find all of our resistances coming to the surface. All the reasons, the thoughts of our hearts, which usually remain unconscious, all the excuses why we should do otherwise, or with less enthusiasm, or zeal, or perhaps start tomorrow. To put it simply, the light that we're given, the light that today rests in the arms of Simeon in the temple, his light enables us to see ourselves as we truly are. And this is a feat that one saint of the early church says is a greater power than raising the dead, to be able to see ourselves as we truly are. Finally, even though we've been given to see so much more than Simeon, because after all, we repeat Year after year, we've been present at Christ's birth, his baptism, his passion and resurrection, and yet we've not really even begun to see the Lord as Simeon did. To know that he is indeed our rest, our eternal rest. To find in him the peace that keeps us in peace throughout the storms of the sea of life. To be at rest in him rather than be blown about from one crisis to the next. And to be focused on him rather than all the thoughts that preoccupy us, each one seeming so important at the time and often leading to more habituated actions that we know we'll regret. Friends, the light of God is also the peace of God. So today, on this feast, 
of the presentation of our Lord, the world's true light in the temple. Let's pray that we might learn to meet Jesus like Simeon did in this temple, and that we might find in him the completion of our heart's desires and come to know his mercy and his peace and keep moving with his light. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.